You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's podcast for Monday, October 3rd. Another victory Monday for your New York Giants as they uh, defeated the Chicago Bears on Sunday to uh, to improve to a surprising three and one over the first four games of the uh, of the NFL season. A reminder, if you're uh, listening on the Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching us on YouTube like share subscribe there as well and also if you're if you're watching us on youtube as we uh, as we live stream today feel free to drop in a comment or a or a question and, and we'll see if if we can get to it uh, i'm joined uh, today as always on the day after games by big blue views tony del genio tony uh, you feeling good this morning i'm feeling great ed how about you I'm feeling good. You know, here we are again, uh, you know, do, doing this to two old guys talking ball on a Monday morning, Tony. <laughs> yeah, really? Well, well, guys talking, talking playground ball. I think that's what we're going to be doing for the next hour. Well, you know, I think actually, I think that's where we have to start. And, you know, this Giants team is three and one. This team obviously has holes. It obviously lacks playmaking wide receivers especially with the injuries that 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 they've suffered the offensive line is obviously a work in progress the tight end position is a work in progress the defense has had its fair share of injuries and yet they're three and one and I think a lot of the credit for that absolutely has to go to Brian Dable and the the experienced veteran coaching staff that he's put together. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I think if there was any doubt about whether Brian Dable was the right hire for the giants, it's got to be long gone by now. I mean, I, yeah, here's a, here's a question. If you had to vote for NFL coach of the year today, who would you vote for? Well, probably Nick Sirianni would win it. The Eagles are, are really come together, but, but, but they've got something, <laughs> they've, they've got so much talent now on their roster that in one sense you could say, well, it's not, it's not surprising. You could even, you could say Doug Peterson, he's done a really nice job with Jacksonville, but Brian Dable has really been a miracle worker with the Giants and not just Dable, but but the rest of the staff as, as well. And you know, week in, week out, what you see is that this is a really well-coached team. This is a this is a coaching staff that's not phased by anything. I mean, if you if you weren't going to be phased by what happened yesterday by the middle of the game, then 
you're not going to be phased by anything because they're drawing up plays on a grease board on the sideline <laughs> and running Saquon Barkley at quarterback. And, you know, and they still managed to move the ball and get another three points, by the way, after all that happened and uh, and held on to win the game. So I think it's it's nothing short of amazing what this staff is doing. Absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned at Big Blue View this morning that Connor Orr of, of Sports Illustrated, who once upon a time was a, a Giants beat writer for NJ Advanced Media, was, was sitting next to me in the press room the other day. And before the game, he and I were talking and he leaned over and he said, you know, he said, Brian Dable is the real deal. And we've seen no evidence to the contrary. Now, obviously, you know, you're not going to put him up there with with Bill Parcells and Tom Coughlin and other Giants, you know, great Giants coaches. You're not going to put him there after four games. But the evidence is absolutely positive at this point that he was the right hire for the Giants. I got a I got a kick out of something he said in the press conference about drawing up those plays on a grease board and about he and offensive coordinator Mike Kafka and offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, you know, getting together and going, you know, what do we have? What can we create, you know, with with the you know, with no quarterback, you know, in a running game that that'll work, and, you know, and, and he he was asked about all of that after the game. And he said, what adversity? Mm-hmm. He said, what adversity? He said, you know, he he said, you just move on. You, you have to know your players. You have to know what you have. You have to know what you can use. And, and you just move on to the next play and, and try to figure out a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it really was nothing short of amazing yesterday. And you, 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 know, you had to think it was just a matter of time before the Bears were going to come back and, and take the lead. But they still managed to. Again, the, the amazing thing to me was that they managed to score points after all this happened. Right. And uh, by drawing, drawing up some of those some of those wacky plays. Now, you have to give a lot of credit to the players also. I mean, I thought Saquon Barkley was, again, amazing yesterday, even though I don't know if he had any individual plays as spectacular as a couple of ones that 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 we've seen him make, but I thought he was really, really good yesterday. And you know, Daniel Jones has been, I think, heroic is the best word that I could that I can give out there blocking when when Saquon changes uh, direction and goes to the other side of the field, and, and Jones is out there throwing a block to spring him for a big gain. And uh, we still we we still have no idea who Daniel Jones can be as a as a passer, and I don't know that we're going to get that uh, this year, but. Uh, but as a but as a player, as a player who I think gets the respect of his teammates, you know, I, I think he's really something. But but the thing is, this whole team, though, I think wants to play for this coaching staff. And and that's what you see on the field is everybody's out there giving everything they can. You know, Tony, as we uh, as we talk, you know, I had mentioned at the top of the show that folks on YouTube could ask questions if they if they wanted to. And since we're talking about Daniel Jones, a blue wave asked us, you know, at the rate the offense is going, how are the Giants going to be able to evaluate Daniel Jones? And look, the way I look at it, like you said, Tony, the way he's played the last two weeks is is nothing short of heroic. I mean, it doesn't show up in the passing stats, but you evaluate 
everything. You don't just evaluate passing yards. You evaluate leadership. You evaluate toughness. You evaluate how his teammates feel about him. Jones made plays for the Giants yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he... He had to come back in the game and I at, at the end with and he wasn't able to move. He wasn't, you know, the, and the Giants didn't feel comfortable in putting him in situations where he would have to throw and try to protect himself, which you know, Joe Judge made that mistake two years ago. And, you know, with Jones suffering a hamstring injury and unable to move. And what happened? Jones got beat up and suffered an ankle injury on top of his hamstring injury. And it, and that affected him for the rest of, of that 2020 season. But I think that what you do with Daniel Jones is all you can do is evaluate him in the context of what he has and what he works with and, and how he conducts himself and, and does he make plays. And, and to this point, I don't think anyone can have a real problem with the way Daniel Jones has played so far this year. Would absolutely you know 71 yards passing and never getting to 200 yards passing is not sustainable long term but i think you can only evaluate the guy based on the context of how things are going at this point yeah i i agree completely and i yeah, i think it's very difficult to play well as a quarterback in the absence of good wide receivers and you know, it's it, the Giants may have some good wide receivers under contract, but but at the moment, none of them are getting on the field. So we'll see whether eventually Wandale Robinson comes back, hopefully sooner rather than later, and and Kadarius Tony gets back on the field, and so on and so forth. But uh, you know, but right now, there's just not much talent out there for him to to utilize, and I don't know that even. Aaron Rodgers, who we're going to see next week, would be very successful with the with the guys that the Giants ran out on the field uh, yesterday. Uh, you asked all of the BBV continuing uh, contributing writers uh, earlier in the year to to answer the, the question of 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 what the Giants are going to do with Daniel Jones next year, and I was one of the people that said that I didn't think that they would keep him; they would move on. But I could actually see a scenario the way things are going now that the Giants decide to, to, to put off that decision for yet another year and franchise him, not only because they, they're seeing other things from him that they might like, and they realize that he doesn't have a wide receiving core and maybe an offensive line this year to, to succeed. And maybe because the, the 2023 quarterback class, which everybody thought was going to be so great, doesn't necessarily look that great a few games into the season. And so the idea of, oh, I, we've got to grab a quarterback in 2023, maybe they'll decide, no, let's wait one more year, franchise them and, and see what we can do. Uh, you know, a lot of people would say that just be kicking the can down the road one more year, but, but, you know, truly he's got some assets and we know that he can, he can pass the ball. He's actually got a good long ball. And uh, you know, I think that the only questions about Daniel Jones are are really whether he can make good decisions in the passing game and whether he can he could get to his his second third reads and so on and uh and eliminate the the, you know, the bad passing decisions and i'm not sure that we're going to find that out this year and so what you know what do you do in a situation like that it's very difficult 
to imagine what the, what they're going to do right now, but that may be what they're stuck with at the end of the year, having to make a decision again, based on not a lot of evidence. And in this case, it may not be Jones's fault that there's not a lot of evidence because I, uh, you can't blame him for the sprained ankle yesterday. That was like uh, one too many uh, bootlegs to the opposite side too too many. I thought uh, the play he got, got hurt on when he was tackled by Jaquan Brisker. Uh, but but in the passing game, he's mostly kind of doing what they what they have asked him to do, given the, the meager resources he has to do it. And he has taken care of the ball and he has made good decisions, you know, with the exception of the interception in the end zone in, in week one you know, to Saquon Barkley, where, you know, where he, he went for a back shoulder throw that just wasn't there. And the scenario that I see, Tony, that I've written about is I think we have to remember that both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are eligible for the franchise tag next year. The scenario that that I see that could unfold, that the franchise tag for quarterbacks next year is estimated to be $31 million. I'm not sure that the Giants want to invest $31 million in a single season in Daniel Jones. The franchise tag for running backs is 12.6 and change. The, the scenario that I can see unfolding is the Giants franchise tagging Barkley and then turning to Jones if they if they decide and maybe it's because they win enough games that they that they're not high enough in the in the draft order, you know, to get the quarterback that they might want. But I can see them turning to Jones and trying to get him to to agree to maybe a two-year deal, a lower tier, you know, quarterback, starting quarterback type deal, pretty much what the Las Vegas Raiders did with Derek Carr a couple of years ago. And I would have to think, you know, for example, if you can get Jones on a two-year deal at $30 million instead of paying him one year at $30 million, that that's not bad, but I would have to think that Jones might be amenable to that for the simple reason that if the Giants move on from him, where's the starting job for him in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Right, right, and but and, and you could imagine that there's a starting job for him in the NFL somewhere. I mean, there are other teams that have a bad quarterback situation. Also, I just don't know that they'd go in that particular direction to to try to to try to fix it they'd be more likely to, to take a flyer on a on a, a quarterback maybe even after after the first round the way a couple of teams uh did in this past draft uh, yeah i could see that I, I maybe another example or a parallel for the giants is is what the 49ers wound up doing with jimmy garoppolo because i think his i think his contract is 27 million or something like that 27 28 million a year so uh, so kind of similar. And uh, of course, they tried to trade him, but but couldn't. And then a game into the a game or two into the uh, into the NFL season, they find themselves turning back to him now for the rest of the year since uh, since Lance is hurt. And so, uh, yeah, I could imagine the Giants trying to do something like that with Jones. Yeah. Meanwhile. I think we have to talk about Saquon for a couple of minutes. This, as of this morning, he leads the NFL in rushing, and he's he's obviously 
you know, I wondered if he could be the Saquon Barkley of old. And to be entirely honest, you know, I, I just didn't think, I wasn't sure he could get there. I think he's gotten there. You know, the 15 yard, the 15 yard pass reception that he had yesterday was that play had disaster written all over it. It was a 10 yard loss. As soon as he caught the ball, it was a 15 yard loss. As soon as he started going backward, then all of a sudden Daniel Jones is throwing a block and it's a 15 yard run for a first down. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, that's Saquon being Saquon. That's Saquon, you know, when he was fully healthy, doing Saquon Barkley kinds of things. What I was really impressed with yesterday is that might have been the most workmanlike game I've ever seen from Saquon Barkley. That's a career-high 31 carries. That's slamming the ball up the middle. That's slashing off tackle and and getting three yards here and four yards there and making guys miss, you know, in the hole and advancing the football and helping the Giants score points when everybody on the other side of the field knew he was about to get the football. And and for me, you know, that is what you need from a, a number one back, from a franchise back, from a superstar is being able to, to produce and it's not necessarily the 60-yard run, but being able to produce first downs and help your team win games when the other team knows that that you're all the offense that that they've got. Mm-hmm. I think you can make the argument, and I started thinking about this after the game yesterday. I think you can you – know, everybody was talking about, can he get back to his 2018 form? Uh, so I think you know that question is answered now. I don't, I don't think there are any doubts. Here's the here's the question I'll pose. Is he actually playing better than he did in 2018? I think he's actually playing better than he did. I, I won't argue with that. I won't argue with that. And I, I am glad you went there because I actually meant to say that. I think what we saw, you know, what we saw yesterday, I think to me is the best, the best Saquon Barkley that maybe I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's really doing everything. I, and and I feel like they still haven't fully utilized him in the passing game. I mean, if you remember mm-hmm. his his rookie year, Pat Shermer used to draw up downfield passes to Barkley, which you haven't really seen uh, much or any of this season so far. And and again, if we you know if we get to a point where the offensive line is pass blocking adequately, and uh, uh, you know, it's hard for me to imagine that they wouldn't make some use of him on on plays like that, especially since the Giants don't have too many options in the downfield passing game. But uh, I, I, you know, he, we know that he's capable of all those things. We know that he can take a little screen pass and take it to the house. But we also know that that he can go downfield and catch passes as well, which again, he did a decent amount in, in 2018. And so I, I think really they haven't even fully tapped his potential yet. And I feel like he's playing with a high level of confidence I think he's got an offensive line that is starting to become a good run blocking offensive line. That's another thing. I mean, we, we talk about the offensive line problems, but I really feel like the run blocking has picked up the last couple of weeks by this line. And, and I think, I think he wants it, right? He, I think he wants it. I think he knows that, that he's got a chance to have an all time great season. I mean, right now he's heading for, for a total yards from scrimmage, which, which could be, 
you know, up there in the top 10 all time. He could, he could break uh, the Giants record that was set by Tiki Barber back in, I think it was uh, 2005 or something like that. Uh, Tiki got like 2,390 total yards from scrimmage that year. Well, Barkley could actually approach that or even pass it this year, which would be one of the great seasons ever by a running back. And so, and so going back to your idea about, about using the franchise tag for Barkley rather than Jones, that would make a lot of sense to me also, because as you say, you're only talking about 12, $13 million and people say, well, you shouldn't pay that much for a running back, but really Barkley is, or can be actually more than a running back. And so I think there's a difference between a running back who only runs the ball and a running back who can catch passes as, as well. And when you have that dual threat running back, the idea of 12, 13 mil, I don't see, I don't see that that's a problem. Yeah, the last thing I'll say about Barkley, and there are people out there who are going to call me a hater for this because they already think I hate this particular player, but I would rather have the ball thrown to Saquon Barkley any day of the week on any play, any time, rather than have the Giants throw the ball anywhere near the direction of Darius Slayton. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, uh, Darius. I, I, so I, I'm not a Darius Slayton hater, but I have to admit that there's uh, that there's very very little recent evidence uh, of uh, of him being able to to produce for for the Giants, and his days are looking like they're numbered. He needs to he needs to make a few catches uh, pretty quickly, and uh, uh, in order, to, I think, to start changing people's minds, but. Uh, mm. Don't have many choices for who to go to in the passing game these days, and so again, maybe they're going to start to use Barkley downfield when they, you know, we'll see a quarterback next Sunday. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Speaking of that situation, Tony, I think before we talk about the defense and talk about Dexter Lawrence and talk about the the effort that that they put forth on that side of the ball, you know, I have to ask: Are you are you looking forward to uh, to seeing Davis Webb up against Aaron Aaron Rodgers next Sunday in in London? Well, I I, I tweeted yesterday that next Sunday we have coming up the uh, the the matchup everyone's been waiting for of the two Cal quarterback legends, Davis Webb and Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. If Davis Webb does start the game, then I'd say, 
good for him. The poor guy has been in the league for what is it now? Is it five years or something? 2017. Yeah. 2017. He, he, he was drafted uh, by the giants and it wasn't his fault that he got overdrafted by Dave Gettleman. If they had taken him a round or two later, I think nobody would have, would have been complaining about it. He's been a gold, good soldier. He's done, he's done what he had to do. And the guy's yet to throw a pass in the NFL. And so, let yeah, let him start next Sunday. Let him let him throw some passes. I'll you know I'll 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 take it. And uh, um, I don't I don't imagine that that he's going to be a a great success story. But um, I think next Sunday next Sunday it's all gravy. No one expected the Giants to beat Green Bay at the beginning of the season. I don't necessarily see any reason to change uh, my opinion on that that having been said the green bay packers are not the green bay packers that we that we know from the past their offense is less dangerous i think it's going to become dangerous eventually but but right now they're missing Devonte adams they've got a couple of young very talented uh rookie wide receivers uh but it's you know taking them some time to to come into their own and the fact is that the patriots yesterday who had bailey zappy coming in cold uh at quarterback almost beat them yeah, and so uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to bet any money on the Giants beating the Packers or even or even covering the whatever it is seven and a half point spread, but I, I, I could imagine the Giants giving the Packers a game. Sure, and the one thing I will say about Davis Webb is that the one benefit that the Giants have if Webb has to play is that Webb has been with Brian Dayball now for so long. <laughs> And he has a mobile enough skill set that if Webb has to play, you're not running a streamlined vanilla playbook, you know, for a guy that's been there for three weeks, like the Giants had to do last year with Jake Fromm. Mm -hmm. The entire playbook is open for Davis Webb. And we saw in the preseason that Brian Dable knows him well enough to understand what Webb can and can't do. So knowing what we've seen from this coaching staff, if Webb has to play, there will be a plan in place that gives him a chance to succeed, that gives him an opportunity to do things he does well. And it won't be like, well, he only knows five of our pass plays and two of our run plays, and that's the entire offense. Right, right. You know, and, you know, really uh, – Again, I think the offensive line is starting to come along, at least in run blocking. And, you know, they did. I thought they did a little bit better yesterday in, in pass protection also, although yesterday's game wasn't really a good game to evaluate pass protection. And so, uh, you know, again, they do a, another kind of run-heavy game plan uh, with some creativity from, from Kafka and Dable there. Uh, you, if you get some, some pass rush, uh, that Wink can dial up to to fluster Rogers a little bit. So, yeah, it's a game they could they could conceivably uh, keep close. And and teams often don't play well when they travel over to London. And so regardless of what the what the odds are, I think you you have no idea how things are going to turn out. But they're playing with house money next week. Okay, there's right. no one thinks they can win. If they get blown out, everybody will say, of course, every everybody's injured. No wonder they got blown out by Aaron Rodgers. So you know they they there's no way that they can I think disappoint next week uh, either it's going to be a terrible game or they keep it close and people will be amazed that they keep it close 
Absolutely. Hey, Tony, before we move over to uh, talk quickly about the defense, Blue Wave tossed us another question. He asked us, uh, do we think that Kadarius Tony will be part of this roster next year? And and I'll take that first. And my answer to that is uh, no, no, no. I do not think that this regime would have drafted Kadarius Tony. They can say whatever they want in public about Kadarius Tony, but I, I can't see it. I think that that unless Kadarius Tony gets healthy here in another week or two, stays healthy, and has a monstrous last two thirds to three quarters of the season, I just don't see it. I think that Shane and Dable would look to to get what they can, even if it's a late round draft pick or two and and move on and build around guys that they think that they can rely on. So I, I think it all comes down, in my opinion, I think it all comes down to how soon he gets back and does he stay on the field. His senior year at Florida, he stayed on the field all year and he was, and he was spectacular uh, that season. So we, we've seen him be able to get through an entire season, just not yet at the NFL level. And uh, if he comes back and plays for the rest of the year and plays well, then I do think he comes back next year. I mean, they'll still have him on a rookie contract. Uh, it, it's uh, they don't have, you know, many options yet. We'll see what they do at the wide receiver position next, next year. And obviously it depends on the other guys too. Now, you know, we're in the same situation with Wandale Robinson. Is he going to get back soon? Will he stay healthy for the year? Will he be a productive member of the offense. I think we've got a long way to go yet before that, that question's answered. I am a Kadarius Tony fan, despite all of the weirdness that has happened uh, since he's been a giant and I'd like to see him stay a giant, but I agree that if, if we have another season where he winds up appearing in, let's say five games total or something like that and doesn't do anything that, yeah, that, that, that they will move on. I think it's, it's all a matter of the injury situation. Absolutely. Tony, let's talk about the defense a little bit. And we know what the Giants were up against on Sunday, a team that really is a one-dimensional running team, has Darnell Mooney, made a couple of plays in the passing game, but nothing that really cost the Giants in terms of touchdowns. They kept Chicago out of the end zone. You know, this was going to be a, a, a toughness test for the Giants coming off two games where they really didn't defend the run well, especially in Dallas on Monday night. And they knew that. Dexter Lawrence said to me after the game, he said, this was a test of our toughness. We knew what was coming. We knew what we had to do. And yardage-wise, I think the Giants gave up 149 yards rushing. Maybe that doesn't look great but they didn't give up any splash plays. They didn't give up any big plays. They, they made the plays they needed to make when, you know, when they had to, to keep Chicago out of the end zone. I think they had six sacks, you know, you know, they had the big strip sack by, by Aziz Ojolari. For me, you know, I look at it and I thought that the entire front seven was terrific. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, you have to remember they're playing without Leonard Williams and absolutely, uh, you know, for, for all the criticism that Leonard Williams has taken uh, throughout his pro career, actually, but, but 
but specifically since he became a giant. All that criticism is is about what we gave up for him and the size of the contract that he was signed for. If you can forget about those for a minute and just think about the guy as a football player, he's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL, and he's stout against the run, and him not being in there hurts. So there's no there's no question uh, about how much they miss Leonard Williams. That having been said, I say Dexter Lawrence was was a monster yesterday. I think that's the best game I've ever seen him play as a giant. I'm I'm hard pressed to think of one that I thought he was more of a of a disrupting influence than 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 what we saw yesterday. And I think the rest of the Giants' defensive line played pretty well too. So, so Nick Williams make a a couple of good good plays in there. And then I think that the linebackers did better in in run support. Uh, Tay Crowder in particular, I thought, uh, played his best game of the year uh, yesterday. And I feel like the Giants' ed- edge rushers are starting to come on. They're, 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 they're doing okay in, in setting the edge on the run a lot of the time. And they're, they're starting now, I think, to get more consistent pressure on the quarterback. So I think that's coming, too. So I was pretty satisfied with, with the Giants' front seven. And I feel like once, once Leonard Williams comes back, uh hope that that Ojolari's tweaking his calf is not something that keeps him out now for for more time he seemed to indicate that it wasn't a big deal yesterday i feel like the front seven is is going to be very good for the giants going forward yeah it's really interesting because you can look at you know, people trash take crowder all the time Tay Crowder was really, really good on Sunday. You have to recognize that. I mean, he may not be an all-pro linebacker, but he was really, really good on Sunday in what he was asked to do. Jalen Smith just re-signed, just added to the 53, showed some range, made some plays, you know, getting tackle to tackle yesterday, got in the backfield a couple times. He, you know, he was an upgrade. Kayvon Thibodeau had an impact. And made a really nice heads-up play to pick up the fumble recovery. Got in the backfield a couple times. He, he's going to become a he's going to become a uh, a roughing the passer machine though if he keeps <laughs> if, if he keeps uh, you know making a couple of the hits that he made yesterday. Got penalized once. Probably should have gotten penalized a second time. But he and Ojolari played well. Jihad Ward is a much better player than I ever realized. Yeah. You know, you know, the guy that the Giants signed in the offseason who I knew nothing about. Those guys all did a good job yesterday. But Dexter Lawrence is the guy that we have to talk about. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. This guy was a monster yesterday. Absolutely the best game he's played in his four years as a Giant. And, and I, I watch him play, and I watched him play yesterday, and I can't help but think about, you know, talking to him in training camp and talking to him about the fact that he's been good for three years, but that there's another level that he hasn't reached that level of greatness, that, that pro bowl, all pro level. And he talked about wanting to reach that level and Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach, you know, helping him with his, with his mindset and helping him reach that level. And he talked about, wrecking games and he absolutely wrecked that game yesterday for the Chicago Bears he's absolutely playing in my mind the best football of his life at this point 
Yeah. And of course, for Giants fans, the the problem with Dexter Lawrence is that the there were a lot of uh, IDLs drafted in the first round uh, that year in 2019. And uh, Giants could have had Jeffrey Simmons, who was taken after Dexter Lawrence. And Jeffrey Simmons has been a monster uh, for for a good part of his career. And so I think Dexter Lawrence, in the minds of Giants fans, will always be compared to Jeffrey Simmons. Well, Dexter Lawrence looked like Jeffrey Simmons yesterday, I thought. And uh, and if he can do that on anything like a consistent basis, then then that just opens up such tremendous possibilities with him and 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 Leonard Williams there together uh, uh, on the defensive line. Uh, of course, the Giants did pick up a fifth-year option on him next year, mm-hmm. and so they're going to have a decision to make about whether to keep him. Well, if he plays like this, they're definitely going to be keeping him, and, and and he'll be getting a nice contract from them also. And and yeah, I think I think interior defensive linemen. We went through a couple of years where they didn't seem had seemed to have become less important to the defense than, than other positions. But I think there's, there's been maybe a little bit of a Renaissance uh, in, in the last year or so in, in that position. And people are realizing how important it is to be stout up the middle. And, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence is playing like a guy who, who wants to be here and will be here for a few years, not after this year. Absolutely. And there's one other thing that I, that I need to, to say about Dexter Lawrence and Giants fans remember Snacks Harrison, of course. Okay. And Snacks Harrison in some ways, a similar player to, to Dexter, although I think Dexter has much more pass rush ability that than, than Snacks ever did. Snacks Harrison had two or three terrific seasons for the Giants, but they're, but he also played for the Giants at a time when they were downtrodden and and in a way and maybe this is not not completely fair to Snacks Harrison at this point but Snacks Harrison in the locker room would be asked about leadership he would be asked about being a veteran and being one of the better players and and trying to lead this team and trying to help the Giants learn to win and Snacks Harrison would bluntly say I'm not a leader, period. I just play, mm-hmm. which is what he would say when he wasn't blowing reporters off and walking away from them. Mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence stands at his locker, talks to media. Dexter Lawrence said to me last night in response to a question, he said, I'm a leader on this football team. He said, it's my job to make sure these guys are ready to play. It's my job to run on the field as fast as I can, to be excited when I'm out there, you know, to, to be ready to play, to play hard on every play. And, and for me, for this football team, for a core player that the Giants drafted with a first-round pick, you know, and he's still on his rookie contract, for me – I love that attitude and and that that stand up, you know, mentality almost if not more than I love the play on the field. Mhm. Yeah, and it's I think it's got to be really exciting for all Giants fans to see what he's doing this year and uh he's looking like a first round draft choice. And so and again, you know, with with 
with drafted players as fans of course we expect them to be stars right away and and some of them don't for for Dexter Lawrence I mean he's always been solid even as a, as a rookie he was he was solid it's, his problem was that he was a first round pick and again he was a first round pick that that another that that suffered by comparison to another first round pick that was taken a few few slots after him he's never played poorly for the giants he's always been an no. above average player for the giants and so if what we're seeing this year is is any indication now he's ascending from being an above average player to being an elite player and you know props to him for for trying to improve himself all the time but maybe also props to uh brian dable and and company for getting andre patterson on board on the staff because again andre patterson seems to be another excellent coaching hire by the giants on a staff that seems to be full of very good coaches. And, and if you, you know, if he's having this effect on Dexter Lawrence, then, you know, then, wow, you know, it, it, it's amazing. Absolutely. Tony. And, you know, let, let's finish up with this three and one after what is as close to, you know, the quarter pole of the season as we're going to get, this is obviously still not a finished you know, product and, you know, with this, this team, there's obviously still a lot of holes on this roster, you know, and I, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but I'm still looking at this team and thinking, this is really nice. This is good to win. It helps everyone. It helps Brian Dayball establish, you know, his, his program and his credibility and, and all of those things. But I still think, that you know as you pointed out the giants are are pretty healthy underdogs on sunday they're probably going to be pretty healthy underdogs the week after that against the the ravens i think they're playing in week 6 and you know this is still a team that's a work in progress that's developing and and i still want to caution giants fans don't be looking at this team and don't be disappointed if this team if this team doesn't win 12 games, if there's a, if there's a, you know, if there's a point in this season where, where the, the, the talent level really begins to show and the giants can't continue to scheme around it and, and win games, they're a work in progress. I, I, I look at the wins as being fantastic because it's nice to write and talk and, you know, about, about a winning team for a change, but it's a work in progress and it's about the future still. It's not as much, it's not necessarily about where this ends up in 2022. Yeah. I could, I could imagine the giants losing most of their remaining games still, especially if they continue to have bad luck with injuries. If, if more guys get injured, if some of the guys who've been injured who are quote unquote day to day, as, uh, as table always says about anyone who's not if, out. If, if, if you're not dead, you're day to day. You know, if those guys aren't back for, you know, six weeks or something like that, uh, then, you know, eventually there's just so much attrition that, that, that you just can't put a decent field uh, team on the field anymore. And, and their chances of winning, I think, you know, go get, get very low. That having been said, they, after the next couple of weeks, which are going to be obviously pretty tough games for the giants, 
to to win. After after that, the rest of their season isn't all that that bad. And so if they get some of the injured guys back, they can compete in some of those games. Uh, my prediction for them at the beginning of the season was seven and ten. I'll I'll stand by that seven and ten, even though they're they're three and one now because I think they've got some some hard times ahead of them. But uh, I, you know what, Giants fans will never forget is the surrender formation at the end of last season when, right. when head coach delivered the message. I'm not even trying to win. Brian Dable does not deliver that message. And so as long as I think fans continue to see them trying to win with what they've got, then people will be happy. Everything, everyone knows that the personnel is, is not up to snuff and the injuries are terrible. So just keep on trying to win, even if you don't every week. Absolutely, Tony. I think that's that's well said, and that is a great place for us to end this uh, this episode of the Valentine's Views podcast. Tony, thank you as always. Giants fans, thank you for listening. Please uh, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Plot 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.